Hi everyone and welcome back to our series of podcasts focusing on international employment law and the first podcast of 2022. I'm Ailey Murray, Senior Counsel in the Employment Team at Trevor Smith and this month I'm joined um, by Adam Wyman, a partner in the team. And you may remember that in these podcasts we are speaking to friends from law firms in a variety of jurisdictions and asking them about the key employment law issues and things to think about when employing staff in their country. And for each jurisdiction, we're doing three short podcasts, one covering the start of employment, the second covering the end of employment, and the final one covering other key aspects of employment law in their jurisdiction. So today we'll be speaking to Karen Fulton from Bowman's in South Africa. And Bowman's is a leading pan-African law firm and their employment team have been at the forefront of employment law in the region for many years. So welcome, Karen. Thanks thanks so much. And um, hello to you and to Adam. Hi, Karen. Excellent. So in this first podcast, we'll be looking at the start of employment. So, Karen, what are the key things to think about from an employment law perspective when advertising vacancies in South Africa? There are two things in South Africa that are important. The first is the provisions of the Employment Equity Act, both the discrimination provisions and the affirmative action provisions. So from a discrimination perspective, um, it's very important that you don't discriminate on any of the prohibited grounds, which are generally characteristics that are inherent to human beings, things like race, gender, sexual orientation, et cetera. Um, And then unusually, uh, we have affirmative action legislation, which is really uh, a way in which the government is trying to transform society and redress the inequities of the past. So um, the affirmative action legislation, we don't have quotas in South Africa and employers are required to uh, transform their, their workforces so that it's more diverse and reflects the population of the country. When when advertising, you'll often see in South Africa at the bottom of the advert, you'll see something like um, X is an equal opportunity employer. Um, And that's really a a sign that the employer is alive to the provisions of the Employment Equity Act. That's the first bit that you need to, as an employer in South Africa, that you need to be alive to. The the other bit that you need to be alive to is the fact that if you have a policy on recruitment, advertising, et cetera, you must follow it. So often employers have a provision that um, vacancies must be advertised internally first before uh, being advertised externally. And um, our courts have said that employers are obliged to follow their own procedures. So they ought to follow that process before they advertise externally. That's really interesting, Karen. Um, and can I ask, is there, is there anything that employers should avoid asking job candidates in South Africa? So it would be the same sort of thing um, along the lines of, of the, um, not asking discriminatory questions so that you don't fall foul of the discrimination provisions of the Employment Equity Act. So you wouldn't, you know, things like, um, uh, do you intend having children? Um, 
you know, qu questions in relation to race, gender, sexual orientation, religion, um, all of those would be considered discriminatory and, and yeah, you need to stay away from them. Yeah, that makes sense. And that's kind of broadly where we would be here in the UK. Um, so we often see employers want to carry out background checks of kind of employee screening. Is that is that permitted or is it usual practice in South Africa? Absolutely fine. Um, the, the one thing is with to do a criminal check, you, you must have the employee's consent. You won't be able to do a criminal check without the employee's consent. Um, credit checks are fine. Um, it's also no problem to call referees or, or uh, previous employers. Um, usually what we recommend employers do is that they get candidates to sign a little form or a three-liner that says, I give the company consent to check this and this and this and that, etc. That makes that makes sense. And um, yeah, so those kind of background screening checks are, are um, the type of ones we'd see here, although criminal the criminal record checks is often for limited limited industries, but um, but that all makes sense. Limited and, industry. That's interesting. We don't have that here. It could be, it could be in it, any any. In, in other words, like if it's in, in a banking industry or something like that. Yeah. So in in the UK, there are different types of background checks that you can carry out, sort of different levels of criminal records checks, and okay. you can only carry out for certain types of roles. But it sounds like South Africa doesn't have that sort of concept. No, it, it can be any role. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And then another thing that we often talk to employees about when they're recruiting is, is if they're if they're looking to recruit employees from a competitor, um, and that can give rise to issues in the UK. Is that is that a similar um, a similar issue in in South Africa? No, not not really. The the where it would be an issue is if. Um, the employees were under under restraint of trade, or I think you would call it a restrictive covenant. Yes. Um, that that is clearly problematic. Um, the other thing is that sometimes what what we've seen is where, for example, you recruit a whole team. Um, there there may be issues around unlawful competition. Um, particularly if that team is doing what we call springboarding, which is um, taking opportunities that came to them uh, when they were employed with the, the, the former employer and then um, using them in the new employer. Um, but generally speaking, not. It's, 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 it's more a question of, is there a breach of a restrictive covenant um, or is there any unlawful competition? Yeah, and that, that is very similar to here. So it, it, we would, we would be, a, a, an employer would be looking at what restrictions the employees under before they, you know, before they join them. And yeah, team, team moves and, and springboard injunctions are kind of a fairly, not, I don't want to say commonplace, but they're certainly issues that come up, particularly in certain industries again. What I find interesting in South Africa is that, generally speaking, lay people are of the view that restrictive covenants are not enforceable, but actually they are in our law enforceable, provided they're reasonable. 
So if if they were um, too long or for too great an area, et cetera, they, they may not be enforceable. But the starting point is that the employee has agreed to the restrictive covenant and it's enforceable. Uh, so we've often seen employees who say, no, but this, you know, this isn't enforceable, but actually it very much is. Yeah, really interesting, really interesting. Um, and uh, final question, I suppose, on, on hiring. Once you've got your chosen candidate, what do employers in South Africa need to think about in relation to sort of documenting those, those terms? Is there specifically an offer letter sent out, for example, or, or do you move straight to employment? The basic conditions of employment act requires a written contract and it actually sets out what needs to be in the contract. Um, what employers should specifically be aware of is that in, we have certain minimum conditions in relation to employees that earn below a particular threshold. So if you, which is, which is not, in other words, it seeks to protect the more vulnerable employees. So if you earn less than, it's 224,000 rand roughly, which is about 11,200 pounds roughly, um, then you need to be more particular about what has to be in the contract because those people will have additional protections in terms of the basic conditions of employment act. So that's the one, one it must be in, in, it must be in writing and cover the things that are required by legislation. Two, certain employees above the threshold will be exempt from, from minimum conditions in the, in the basic conditions of employment act and those that earn below the threshold will get extra protections. And then lastly, you know, you just need to make sure that particularly with senior employees or executive employees that you have proper protections in there. Um, things like being able to access computers, uh, data protection provisions, um, you know, things like that. That's that's interesting, particularly about the, the kind of the, the um category of employees that have greater protection I think certainly in the UK whilst um, every employee has a, has a right to um, or is, it must be provided with written terms we don't have any distinction between kind of I suppose grades or salaries of employees but I, but I know obviously there are there are certainly jurisdictions various jurisdictions which do that and so it's interesting to South Africa does that as well. So things like overtime, for example, if you earn above that threshold, you, you're, not, you're not entitled to overtime pay, but if you earn below the threshold, threshold you are. Uh, and that's really just trying to protect the, the more vulnerable employees. Yeah, that makes sense. And actually, it's, it's not a very high threshold, I don't think, you know, 11,000 £11, pounds a year, it's not, not an enormously high threshold. So it really does seek to protect the the more vulnerable employees. Yeah, the most vulnerable in society. Yeah, that makes sense. Perfect. Well, um, thank you, Karen, for that whistle-stop tour through the start of employment. Um, uh, please do join us in the next podcast where we'll be covering the end of employment. <laughs>